into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's guest in the hot seat, Mr. Cheyenne Fletcher. Cheyenne, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing, AJ? I'm doing just fine and dandy. I am very uh, excited to have uh, another of my fellow Sons of Anarchy here in the hot seat. How are you doing? I'm doing well, you know, just uh, coping with the insanity of 2020. A lot of social distancing, a lot of playing at home. But yeah, everything's good here. Getting ready to send the kids back to virtual school. So. It is a, a new normal, as it were. Hopefully, it won't be uh, this normal for long, and uh, you know we can get uh, back to uh, business as usual. It is not business as usual, however, for the hot seat this season. Uh, I'm not sure if you are aware, as we are recording this before any new episodes drop. But, sir, welcome to the first annual Beat My Guest tournament. Oh, nice. That is correct. That's, I'm kind of scared. Oh, no need to be scared. Uh, 16 lucky contestants, or, well, lucky, <laughs> uh, willing, well, contestants are in the hot seat this season, and uh, the top six scores out of the 16 contestants will advance to our semifinal round, where we'll have another chance to prove their medal on their way to claiming the first ever uh, designation as Beat My Guest champion. You feeling a little more nervous? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I uh, I got up this morning and I thought I was going to, I was like, you know what, I should get my brain flowing. And I was going to, like, read a couple questions, get my head going. And I figured instead to, like, make it more accurate, I just went out in the garage and, like, smashed a couple fingers with a hammer and I probably should have just had somebody else do that, because <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. Well, you know, we shall see. We shall see. The good news is is that this is uh, you're the fifth contestant to sit in the hot seat for the tournament, so uh, you will still be mathematically alive by the end of this recording. Sweet. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, only one more person will have that automatically be the case. Uh, but, uh, well, good luck to you, sir. Uh, brand new season, brand new rules, and we are going to kick things off with a brand new game. It is called This, That, or The Other. Here's how it's going to work, Cheyenne. I am going to give you three categories. 
Then I'm going to read off a list of 10 items. For each item that you can place in the correct category, you will receive one point. However, be careful. Some items may, in fact, fit multiple categories, and you will only get your point if you correctly state all of the categories in which that item fits. Got it so far? I think. Two things I will promise you, though. Each item does fit at least one category. I am not playing any shenanigans here where I'll give you an answer and, you'll, and I'll go, ha, ha, that was in none of them. <laughs> I may be a cruel taskmaster, but I'm, I'm fair. Uh, also, these ten items are being pulled at random from a larger list of options, so do not bother trying to game theory your way into points here. Uh, oh, you did four in this category, none in this category. That must mean it means nothing. This is random. So don't be dumb. Okay, Ram? <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to go? Sure. Okay. Your categories for your this, that, or the other are as follows. This is Media Awards. Media Awards. That will be dance styles. Dance styles. The other, comic strips. So we have media awards, dance styles, comic strips. Those are your this, that, and the other. And Cheyenne, uh, one more thing. I know it's a lot of rules up, up front, but you know we got we to get it down so that it's fair for everybody. Uh, this is a listening category. I'm going to say them out loud, but I will not spell them. Uh, also, homophones, homonyms, fair game. So if, it's, if, if I say a word, it can be spelled two different ways, and that makes it fall into two different categories, that's okay. All right. All right. I'm glad you picked three of my strongest categories. It, well, this has been tailored exactly for you. No, yeah. no, no. We, we had a nice, fair, random draw before we started, correct? Yeah, as yeah. far as you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> no, I know, I know. A list of 100, these might be 98, 99, and 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We're going to start off with item number one. Item number one is Pulitzer. Pulitzer? Pulitzer. Is that media award, dance style, or comic strip? Well, we'll go definitely media award. Um, I cannot put a Pulitzer in dance styles or comic strips that I know of. So we'll go Media Awards for Pulitzer. Media Award is correct. You have one point. Easy peasy. Let's continue on. Swing. All right. Swing. We're definitely going to put swing, at least one of them, in dance style. Um, yeah, I can't put them in either of the, either of the other ones. So dance styles. Dance styles, correct. Two for two. Item number three, Ziggy. Ziggy. Um, that's definitely a comic strip. Uh, Ziggy. I mean, maybe if, uh, you know, Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers have their own dance, but I'm just going to stick with comic strips. Three for three. Well done. Number four is Mandrake. Mandrake. Okay, now we've kind of started. Uh, Mandrake. It's a tree, right? Uh, I want to say, but that doesn't help me with any of these. I can't 
associate this with anything for sure. It doesn't sound like a dance style. Uh, that sounds like it could be some weird comic strip. So I'll go comic strip and that's it. Comic strip is your answer, Mandrake was a magician in a comic strip. Well done, four for nice. four. Item number five, Peabody. Okay, so Peabody is definitely a media award of some sort. This is where I would have to... Comic strips is like just straight up comic strips, right? Like Correct. In the newspaper kind of comic strips or in certain like similar media. Um, so it's definitely the Peabody Award, maybe for journalism. Uh, let's, God, Sherman and Peabody. Let's just go with media awards only. Media awards only. I'm sorry, although Peabody is a media award. And there was a character called Mr. Peabody that was a cartoon, not a comic right. strip, but a Peabody is also a dance. Oh, okay. Well, I was never going to get that. <laughs> it is a classic dance style uh, similar to the Charleston. Uh, that would be item five. Four for five uh, as we go halfway. Still not too bad. Let us continue forward with our next uh, item. Kazamba. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like, oh, yeah, you said it's all random, so I shouldn't try to. Uh... So, Kazamba sounds like it could be a dance. Um, I can't really put it in anything else other than dance. So, let's go Kazamba is dance style. Kazamba is a dance style. Well done. Item number seven, shoe. 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 Okay, this sounds like it could fall in. Uh, and the comic strip is the name of the comic strips, right? It's not like a character necessarily. It's like... Name of a comic strip. Okay. I feel like I remember a shoe comic strip. Let me think if I... Uh, shoe, shoe. What could be some... Uh, shoe... I'm just going to stick with comic strip... All by itself. Comic strip all by itself is correct. Shoe was a comic strip about bird journalists. <laughs> oh. Item number eight, peanuts. Okay. Well, the obvious one there is comic strip. Um, peanuts. Uh, I've never heard of a peanuts dance style, and I can't really think of what it would be. I also didn't know what a Peabody dance style was. Uh, Peanuts is a media award. I could see, like... Let's just go with Comic Strip by itself. Comic Strip by itself is correct. Item number nine, Foxtrot. Okay. Foxtrot. It's, okay, for sure it's a dance style. And I really think I remember a comic strip with the same name. Um, I don't remember a media award with that. So let's go with dance styles and comic strips. Dance styles and comic strips is 100% correct. Well done. You get your point there. And number 10, Emmy. Emmy. Okay. Well, for sure, we've got Emmy and media awards. 
I feel like one of these I need to like take a chance on one of these other ones, but then that feels like a really stupid idea to just try to shove something in where I have no clue if it goes or not. Uh, this sounds like it could be one of those homophones, like a comic strip named Emmy. I'm just going to stick with media awards, though. Let's not be stupid. You should never listen to those voices inside your head telling you the wrong thing. Emmy, of course, is a media award and nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Though I do believe there was both an Emma and an Emily. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like it could be there. Uh, That's what makes this uh, a little more difficult than it may seem on the surface. You start your brain, starts playing tricks on you, and everything sounds like it could go in all the categories there. Uh, But well, well navigated, 9 out of 10. How are you feeling now that you've got uh, a little more, uh, yeah, the first round under your belt, and you did quite well? I'm maybe a little bit more scared right now, because I feel like it's just going to come hard. And... (laughs) Oh, it's going to come hard, and it's going to come correct, but (laughs) before we go any further, I mean, I have now been here asking you questions, giving you tidbits of information, but uh, I've tasked you with being prepared to share a little information of your own, so I ask you, Cheyenne, what do you know? All right. Well, there's a show that my daughter loves that I watch with her quite a bit called Live and Maddie. And if you have daughters of a certain age, everybody's seen it. And it's about Cameron Dove, uh, who's most famous for the Descendant series. But she's got a younger brother named Parker. And I was watching the credits one day and noticed that his name was Tenzing Norgay Trainer. And it turns out that this actor who's now in that modern take of Clueless and he's in that movie Abominal is the grandson of... Of Tenzing Norgay, the Sherpa who led Sir Edmund Hillary for the first uh, summiting of Mount Everest. And so I just found that pretty interesting that uh, his grandson is now this up-and-coming Hollywood actor. That's a very interesting little bit tidbit of information. I cannot say that this is new information to me because my good friends Ron Hart and John Beck created Liv and Maddie. Oh. And... Uh, are, are were the executive producers on that show? It always made me laugh when I would I would see one of my friends uh, as an extra. <laughs> my my friend Ron was uh, played played the part of uh, of one of the one of the characters who had to be green screened, and he 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 wore the big green morpho suit and uh, okay, not flattering. And he had to, he was in a cage as a teacher at one point. Oh, he's 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 been an extra on that show many times. But uh, right. yes. Very, very familiar. They uh, they did a nice job on Shake It Up as as writers, and then went on to create this show and moving on to other projects as well. Quite a yeah. bit of Shake It Up as well. Yes. Yeah. These are... You watch for your kids. I watch for my friends' work. But right. <laughs> bam! What? Anyway, we are going to move on now uh, to the uh, the meat of the order, as it were, the heart of the show. Five questions now await you, sir. And I know this is going to sound crazy. Uh, you're not going to be able to predict what's coming your way when I tell you that the first question is going to be worth one point. Second question is going to be worth two points. Third question is going to be a fun little twist of a question that's going to be worth up to three points. You're not going to believe this. The fourth question, four points. Four points. And I don't know. Are you going to be able to figure this out here? I'll, 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 for, for no points here, how many points do you think the fifth question is going to be worth? 
Oh, you know what? Logically, I would say five, but this is also beat my guess. So who knows? You might come in with like 12.3. I could do that, but as I said, I am cruel but fair. Uh, Fifth question will be worth five points. Yes, indeed. It's very straightforward. Very straightforward. And here is your one point first question. We were just talking about Liv and Maddie. Maddie Ziegler is an American dancer probably best known or broke onto the scene in a video for what singer maddie ziegler for a singer and this is the one point question thanks broke on and you didn't give a year or anything i did not give a year broke onto the scene in a video why do i think that pseudonym or like maybe known by something else let's think about this I'm, at this point, trying to think of a video that has famous, like, dance, like, is known for a dance scene, and I'm drawing complete blanks. I keep going to Tawny Katane on the car for White Snake. I mean, one would definitely argue that Tawny Katane broke onto the scene. (laughs) (laughs) And had I said Tawny Katane, then yes. (laughs) White Snake would be a wonderful answer. You know, I can't like picture anything. I really wish I could like at least draw something. So I'm just gonna go with just like a generic answer that had lots of dancing and maybe appeared in something. I'm gonna go Michael Jackson. I mean, Michael Jackson uh, certainly uh, had a lot of uh, videos that featured dance sequences. That is certainly correct. Uh, although. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if Maddie Ziegler was necessarily his cup of tea when it came to selecting dance partners. Dance partners. No, no, I am sorry, that is not correct. Maddie Ziegler, I mean, part of her claim to fame, she was one of the myriad dancers who appeared on that uh, horrific uh, reality show documentary series, Dance Moms. She then really claimed to fame. She put on a kind of dirty, dirty unitard and a blonde wig and flopped around to Chandelier by Sia. Sia is the name we were looking for. Yeah. I can see uh, from the look on your face that you knew it after the fact. Yeah, I just, I couldn't think of a, a dance, like, oh, uh, yeah, just drawing a blank to make a guess. Fair enough. It's all good. We are going to move on now to our A two-point question. Here it is for you, sir. I don't necessarily say that uh, Yafet Koto ever truly broke on the scene, but uh, one of Yafet Koto's uh, more prominent roles was that of Caribbean dictator Dr. Kananga in what James Bond film? Again, for two points. Yeah, this is every time I hear a James Bond question. I tell myself, oh, I need to go look up a whole bunch of James Bond stuff, because I'm not going to sit down and watch the movies. I just need to go do some research, and I have not done that. Um, well, that's so on you. <laughs> I, 100%. I saw a couple when I was younger. Um, this is just going to have to be a straight-up guess. Like, I'm down to one of two. I know that GoldenEye was named after, like, an estate or something, like, where 
Ian Fleming wrote, I believe, which was down in the Caribbean somewhere. But then one of the movies I did see when I was young was Octopussy, and I remember they're in that submarine at the end, which seemed somewhat Caribbean. Um, I'm trying to think of... I didn't even think if you're doing the whole connection thing again this time. Doesn't seem to help me, because Sia, as far as I know, has not sung any James Bond themes. Caribbean Dictator. Um, let's just go with Octopussy. Octopussy is your answer. It is indeed a James Bond film, so well done in that regard, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not the one that we were looking for, however. Uh, I would say if you are going to watch James Bond films, uh, this would be the one to watch. It is my favorite James Bond film, as it turns out. Yafe Koto, probably, uh, like I said, between, he was on, he was, uh, he was in Alien, the original Alien. He's uh, on the crew there, and then played uh, Dr. Kananga and Mr. Big, ooh, spoiler alert, dual role, in a James Bond film. We just discussed Maddie Ziegler. You were talking about the Dove Cameron show, Live and Maddie. This is Live and Let Die. Live <sighs> and Let Die. All right. It's there for the taking. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and if I had gone deeper, I might have gotten there. I might have also ended up on You Only Live Twice or whatever as well, so... Never say never. <laughs> you you not, may get some points again. <laughs> not a technical Eon production, so I don't know if it's allowed in there. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well, then Casino Royale. Uh, <laughs> all right. You know, if you ate your broccoli. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question is going to be worth up to three points. It is the three-point question, and what better way to play our three-point question than to go back to an old time-honored favorite, Fungo, three of a kind. As you know from previous incarnations of the show, Fungo, three of a kind, is three separate clues, all pointing towards the same singular answer. However, for our tournament, we're doing it a little bit differently. Uh, I'm going to give you one clue. If you get it right on one clue, you get three points. If you need a second clue to get it, two points. And if you need all three clues to get it, You'll earn one point. Of course, if you don't get it at all, that's a big goose egg. Uh, and you already have two eggs, and I don't think you want that much omelet, so hopefully you'll be able to suss it out here. Also, one of the clues I feel is easier than the other two. One is eh, medium, and one is super hard. Uh, I'm going to let you pick which one you want first but certainly not by saying easy meeting hard no no we're doing this randomly my friend <laughs> so pick clue a b or c and let's see how well you do let's just go in order a all right clue a he married amber tamblin amber tamblin who would she have married uh i i really have no clue so we'll go with just a random name uh, that maybe she might have married. Let's go with uh, God. I can never remember his name quite right. So we'll just I just uh, Chris Pine. I don't know. We're just making up names here. All right, Chris Pine is your answer. That is not correct. Let us move on to your second clue. It can be either B or C. Just go down. Let's go B. Let's go with B. Saltier 
for one. Saltier for one. I will spell this one for you. S-A-L-T-I-R-E. Saltier for one. Saltier for one. Um, Saltier's that, like, I think it's the whole cross, right? Or is it just the one stripe? It's usually on a flag, like uh, salt here for one. Like whenever, for some reason, every time I think of a salt here, I think of the St. Andrew's flag. Um, I know there's others, but that's what I go to first in my head. But that does not help me. I mean, it might in some way, but uh, salt here for one. Uh, we'll just guess um, cross. Hopefully cross. we can go Jeopardy rules and she married somebody cross. Well, of course, for, for Fungo 3 of a Kind, we're often using just one of the two names if we're talking about a person, because otherwise uh, it's a lot harder to find three clues that point to the same thing. Saltier, as you said, is a type of cross. Amber Tamblin married David Cross, the comedian and star of Arrested Development, uh, and Mr. Show, Bob and David. The third clue would have been knockout cause, perhaps, and uh, uh-huh. you... I've gotten two points. Well done, sir. Oh, nice. You said, you know, you said cross, and I thought you weren't even going to offer it up, and you're going to go away from it, and I was like, oh, no! Oh, no! Yeah, if I could have thought of an Andrew somebody, I might have gone with that. Like, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, well I, done! I feel like they are so far apart in age, which I guess it wouldn't be surprising. I just don't see them as, you know... No, I'm with I, you, but uh, I agree they are. Uh, just, uh, yeah. What uh, I saw him in something the other day, too, that was really weird. A really, Oh, she's the man. He's the principal. And she's <laughs> the man with uh, Channing Tatum and uh, Amanda Siegfried. <laughs> I'm happy to say I am Same. not familiar with, with that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I didn't sure say that. All, no, I don't know about it either. <laughs> mo- most of those films probably do not hold up. <laughs> no. Well done. We're going to add those two points to your score. You are now sitting on 11 points. 11 points. Double digits. Let us keep this ball rolling. we got some momentum now. Your four-point question, sir. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. I, I, I think you're lying, but we're going to go ahead anyway. <laughs> Here is your four-point question. What is the name of the stadium that houses crazy North Carolina fans, which was named in honor of the school's football coach in the 1940s? Football. Looking for the name of a stadium. Uh, I don't know stadiums well enough to like go off of anything other than like what I know, like I, football coach. Oh wait, you said a stadium. I did. Wow. North Carolina Stadium, named after a football coach from the forties. Yes, I said uh, all those things. Yeah. Well, I hear. I really wish it was arena, because I can name a North Carolina arena, but stadium. I mean, so we're going with. I mean, gotta go with. Think about one of the big ones. Name of a stadium in North Carolina. Okay, so it's got to be one of the colleges because either I'm so bad now at professional stadiums, but I'm sure that the Panther Stadium is named after a 
banking organization or I don't know, a popular, you know, pork rind brand in the area or something like that. Who knows? So we're looking at North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake Forest. You said crazy fans. Like right when you said crazy fans, of course, my brain went straight to Cameron Indoor. But that does not fit for a stadium, I don't think. I'm just trying to think of a synonym for crazy. Yeah, there's no reason to just sit on this forever. Let me just think of um, a name. Okay, so I'm going to somehow, I don't think this can be right at all, but we've got crazy fans, and the last clue of Fungo was knockout, and Mike Tyson is crazy, so we'll just put Tyson. (laughs) You know what I love about you, Cheyenne, is that you are a wonderful teammate for trivia, because while you have very little thunder... In your own answers. When you talk about it, you 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 pull from such recesses, and 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 if anyone on your team is listening to you, they can give you that pat on the back and say, "No, no, no, you're right, you're right." I mentioned North Carolina. I mentioned crazy. I mentioned that it was named after the football coach of the '40s, who prior to becoming football coach was actually the team's basketball coach. His name is Eddie Cameron. We're, of course, talking about Cameron Indoor what, Cheyenne? It's called Cameron Indoor Indoor Stadium. Stadium. Oh, it is. It's the name of the facility. It's a stadium by name. (laughs) God, that's so stupid. (laughs) Oh, I should have. Yeah, but I just kept saying it. All right. That's all. Oh, it's so disappointing. It's so disheartening. And the thing is, like, it was the first thing, right? Like, you mentioned North Carolina and crazy and Cameron Indoor uh, okay. I, I can't lay it more out on a silver platter for you because you got it, and then you didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, well, and I was so close to just guessing it, right? Yes! Like, nothing else. Uh, Talk yourself like, uh, right out of it. Yeah. Well, sir, one question left in the main portion of our game before we get to the final twist of the episode. This is going to be worth five points, and here is your five-point Question. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, in 2019, a roller coaster by the name of Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure became the most expensive roller coaster ever built, breaking the record of what roller coaster? Oh, yeah, because I'm up on my roller coasters, especially right now. Um, Wow. Which one? Um, like, this is one of those where I don't even have, like, a, a single guess. I don't know the names of roller coasters that I can think of unless it goes back. But I don't think it, it's got to be something modern, right? Hagrid's Motorcycle Ride. Guinness Record Beat. It's the most expensive beating the record for what? And you didn't put a year on the other one when it was built. I did not. Um, so I'm assuming it's got to be somewhat modern. Oh, Matterhorn, I know, is a thing. Um, I just don't know of famous roller coasters. I don't think we've really been connecting questions here. Like, you've thrown in some extra stuff that kind of connects, but I don't think it's intentional as far as I can tell. Even though, you know, question four ties back into 
question one a little bit with Liv and Maddie and Dove Cameron. But okay, roller coasters something that does. Let's just go Matterhorn. I just don't know the names of popular roller coasters. Uh, final answer. Yeah, Matterhorn. Matterhorn, of course, is indeed a roller coaster. Uh, certainly, that uh, does exist. Uh, unfortunately, not the correct answer. This exhibit, this ride, this whole the whole hoot nanny of everything. Uh, because this is a roller coaster that goes forwards and backwards. There's technology that they needed to build on that. They wanted to make it look authentic. It involved a uh, road trip to Nepal to get everything just right. This is Expedition Everest, located at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida. Expedition Everest. Perhaps they needed a Sherpa to climb yeah. to the top there. Like yeah. Norgay. Yeah. It ties right in, but yeah, I've never heard of it, so I'm fine with it. There you go. Still 11 points. Not too shabby. Should have been 15. Well, should have been a lot of things, but... (laughs) However, sir, you are not finished yet. Nay, nay, nay. There is one question left. One question. It is called the guillotine. We got the guillotine! Here are the rules for the guillotine question. One final question. One answer required. If you get it right, Cheyenne, you will double your score instantly and on the spot. If you get it wrong, don't worry about it. No harm, no foul. Your score will stay right where it is. Unless... If you do not give an answer that is a plausible answer to the category... So no sandbagging here and just throwing any random answer out there. It's got to fit the category. Or if you give the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head and your score gets chopped in half. Oh, my goodness. That's brutal. No one said trivia was a walk in the park. Here is your guillotine question, sir. Who is the person who has most recently moonwalked, talking about in the astronaut way and not in the Michael Jackson meaning of the word, (laughs) so Maddie Ziegler, not appropriate. Uh, Who is the person who has most recently moonwalked? That is your question. Uh, The blade is being raised. Please, sir, when you are ready, talk it out and settle on an answer. Okay. So we're talking about the last person that was on the moon. The last person who was on the moon, yes. Okay, so if I remember correctly, the way that this worked was this is, this is going to be Apollo 17. The 11th person on the moon was Schmidt, and then Eugene Cernan became the 12th on. But then Schmidt got back on first which left Eugene Cernan on the moon as the last person on the moon. I, I believe that's the way that worked. Um, so Cernan was the last one to actually get on there, but also the last one to leave. So that would make him the last person to have walked on the moon, my guess. So I'm going to lock 
Kafkaian or whatever we're going to do here with Eugene Cernan. I hope I'm not getting the names wrong and like they were on Apollo like 15 or something, but I'm pretty sure it's Schmidt and Cernan that were the last two and Schmidt was the 11th on and then he got off before Cernan. So I'll go Eugene Cernan. Okay, so your answer is Cernan. That is what you are going with here. All right, very good. That is your answer to the guillotine question. Well, let us talk about this. Indeed, Apollo 17 was the last manned moon mission that uh, actually uh, deposited uh, some living humans onto the moon. There are others scheduled. The you know, United States has said that we want to go back in 2024, and a couple of other countries have really stepped up their game, uh, most notably India and China. They're really trying to get uh, perhaps get to that point at some point. Uh, I know in the U.S. efforts in 2024, they're planning at least to have the first woman walk on the moon, and at least they, they hope to have a female uh, in the mission who gets to uh, actually moonwalk. That'll be kind of cool. Looking forward to that, you know, assuming that we still have an America in 2024, but that's neither here nor there. Interesting tidbit. Uh, I will show you my guillotine answer here so that you can see that it was well prepared. Okay. Guillotine answer was Charles Duke. He is the uh, third most recent uh, person to be on the moon, having... uh, been on Apollo 16. What's interesting about Charles Duke and what he's possibly most known for uh, in relation to his moonwalking is that he almost very nearly became the first person to die on the moon uh, while he was up there and shortly before getting back on the ship he thought it'd be funny if he could uh, he attempted to break the lunar high jump record (laughs) Uh, Did he do the Fosbury flop? Well, he tripped and fell and came this close to tearing his suit (laughs) and losing all oxygen. Uh, Not the brightest thing to do, but luckily, uh, he did not. He passed away on the moon. So uh, that's his almost uh, really major claim to fame. We all would have remembered Charles Duke if he had been the first American to die on the moon. So it all comes down to Apollo 17. Indeed, the two astronauts who walked on the moon in Apollo 17 were Harrison Schmidt and Gene Cernan. The question is... Who was last? And Harrison Schmidt got on the stairs prior to Gene Cernan, which means Gene Cernan is the last American or human of any kind, uh, any nationality, to have walked on the moon as of this recording. You have gotten that right, sir. Well done. You have survived the guillotine. You have uh, doubled up your pleasure, doubled up your phone, just like Dove Cameron and her twin sister, also played by Dove Cameron. Uh, We're going to double that 11 to 22 points. 22 points, which puts you currently in a tie for the lead with Heather Hurley. Well done, sir. How are you feeling now that you have survived? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, You know, obviously, 2020 and all, uh, I'm really kicking myself for that (laughs) Cameron indoor. (laughs) And, you know, if it all comes down to a, a, a potential elimination, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't officially declared the tiebreaker yet, but I think I might just eliminate you on, on principle, <laughs> <laughs> as you should. <laughs> well, is there anything that you would like to say, to shout out, to uh, quibble about before I release you from the guillotine, from from the gallows, as it were, uh, the floor, as they say, is yours. Yeah, you know, I actually have a whole bunch to quibble about in what's going on in the world. 
I'll leave that somewhere else. Let's just, everybody, be safe right now. Wear your masks. Respect people's space. And let's get through all this insanity in a somewhat, you know, sane manner. And hopefully we can all get together again for another uh, big trivia event in the not-too-distant future. Yes, the not-too-distant future next Sunday, AD. Hopefully we'll survive to that point and beyond. Uh, for those of you who enjoyed this show, want to tell me all about it. If you didn't enjoy the show, want to tell me all about it. You can find me on Twitter at BMGPod. If you'd like to join the Beat My Guest community, you can always join Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat. It is our Facebook group. And if you want to donate to the cause, we ain't going to say no. We ain't going to be mad at you. Patreon.com slash Beat My Guest. That's all we got for this week. We'll be back with another contestant in the tournament in that hot seat next week. Until then, everybody. Thank you for listening. Take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Cosman production.